This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Simone Sassiaris. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Tuesday the 3rd of August. In your Squiz today, payday for Afterpay. Property prices run out of steam. Sprinting to safety. And a price tag on the priceless. This is your Squiz today. Many of us would be familiar with tapping our cards on a little white square tile when we purchase something, maybe too regularly than we care to admit. That tech is made by a US company called Square, and yesterday it revealed it's set to buy Afterpay for $39 billion. Afterpay is an Aussie buy now, pay later platform that lets you buy something immediately and pay it off over six weeks. It's a big deal, Claire, because if it goes through, it'll be the biggest buyout deal in Australian corporate history. And it looks likely to go through. Certainly the board of Afterpay have recommended it to shareholders. There's a bit of a process around these sorts of things, but it is certainly a really good sign that the board thinks that it's a good deal and thinks that it should go through. Afterpay really was the innovator in this buy now, pay later space. It's basically lay by, but it's a very digitised way of doing it. And it really has scooped up a customer base of younger people right around the world and it seems to be a really good fit for Square. Uh, It does that hardware, as you say. It also does a lot of software for businesses and it's looking to get deeper into that space. Yeah, those in the know say the deal makes sense because Afterpay will get the funding it needs to expand into the US market, which is very lucrative. And it also allows Square to tap into the popular buy now, pay later payment option without starting from scratch. But the deal won't be finalised until next year, Claire. No, there's lots of paperwork to do. There's lots of legal stuff to go through. Uh, Also, there is a process with shareholders where it has to go to a vote and then the Australian Federal Court has to approve it. Uh, Those all seem to be formalities because the board has given it that support. Uh, There's no need to worry about Afterpay's founders. Uh, Nick Molnar and Anthony Eisen will get a pretty handsome payday somewhere in the range of about two points. billion each. So uh, they're going to stay with Square and they'll join that company once the deal goes through. And it seems investors have responded pretty positively to the news already. Yesterday, Afterpay shares closed 18.8% higher. They gave the Aussie share market a boost to reach a record high yesterday. So a good result all round. Southeast Queensland's lockdown was extended yesterday, Claire, until 4pm on Sunday after the state reported 13 new local COVID cases. Of those cases, Claire, 10 are children younger than nine years old. There's been a lot of talk lately about how COVID is affecting children and where they sit on Australia's vaccine rollout timetable. And yesterday, there was some movement on that front. Yeah, what a targi that expert group of officials have recommended is that the Pfizer vaccine is fine for kids aged 12 to 15 years old, uh, those that have significant health conditions, also Indigenous children. Uh, Whether they'll be able to get their hands on some really is another question. But of course, as we know, that Pfizer uh, rollout is going to ramp up in the coming weeks. Elsewhere in Australia, New South Wales recorded 207 new local cases and the 15th death from the Delta outbreak since it started in June. Premier Gladys Berejiklian said restrictions will ease when more than 50% of the state's adults are vaccinated. 
property prices rose in every capital city across Australia last month. And when we look back over the past year, prices jumped 16.1% across the country. That's the fastest rate of annual growth in nearly 17 years. Claire, prices have been on the up for months. Surely it's going to run out of steam eventually. Yeah, you think so, don't you? But the prices <laughs> of homes just seem to keep on going and going. Yeah, they really uh, do, don't they? <laughs> there is a question mark, though, about whether it is running out of steam. Uh, that's simply because of housing affordability issues, the point there being that perhaps they've wrung out as much as they possibly can from buyers. Uh, also, of course, in the recent COVID lockdowns uh, and whether they're going to be extended is certainly a question for the market. It sure is. And while analysts expect prices to rise by 20% by the end of the year, it is expected to slow to around 7% next year. To international news now, President Joe Biden has faced growing pressure over the past few weeks to help Afghans who were associated with the US during the almost 20-year war. Yesterday, Claire, Biden's administration said it will launch a new program to resettle some Afghans who are at risk of Taliban retaliation. Certainly, the US government has already taken out quite a a lot of those who were working with uh, their government in an official capacity, uh, things like translators that work with the uh, military, also others who they thought were in danger for very prominent roles in helping the Americans when they were in Afghanistan. But this is a new special category where those who worked for the government, maybe not in such a prominent role, also non-government bodies and news organisations that didn't qualify for that special immigration visa will be looked after. Uh, What Joe Biden is expected to do is take account of those people, of course. It's been a long-running conflict there and, as you say, quite a bit of pressure to look after those people. It has been a long conflict, as you say, Claire. We take a look at that and also the current state of crisis in Afghanistan in a squish shortcut. A link is in your episode notes. From the US to Belarus, we've spoken a fair bit about Belarus of late, Claire, as its president, Alexander Lukashenko, cracks down on government critics. Now an Olympic Belarusian sprinter has come into the spotlight. Yeah, Kristina Simonovskaya is her name and she was set to compete in the 200 metres yesterday. That didn't happen when she criticised an Olympic official from her home country on social media. That saw them march her off to the airport on Sunday and they tried to force her on a plane home. Uh, At the airport, she asked for Japanese police for help and asked the International Olympic Committee for protection. Uh, She said that she was worried that if she was sent home that she would be put in jail. Uh, What has happened overnight, though, is that she has taken refuge at the Polish embassy in Tokyo. Uh, It looks like she will actually go there uh, to settle when the Olympics are over and, fingers crossed, her husband will join her there. Simonovskaya didn't say exactly what she feared she would be jailed over, but Belarusian athletes have faced retaliation from national teams for criticising the government. It comes following mass protests last year against long-standing President Lukashenko. Thousands of people were arrested in those protests and there have been widespread reports of abuse and torture. 
Olympic medals, Claire. We've seen a few of them over the past few days. They are priceless to athletes who win them, but apparently they aren't as difficult to get as it may seem. Doesn't seem to be uh, what the market has valued uh, these medals from Tokyo at is uh, a gold um, around 800 bucks. Uh, that's just purely on the medal component. There's a lot of silver in the gold. There's also a lot of silver in the silver medal, which is good to know. It's valued at about $450. Bronze, not so much, about five bucks. So <laughs> if you're looking to score one of those medals, you never know. They could come up on the market. Um, certainly a bit more valuable are some of those notable ones from history. Uh, recently, Jesse Owens' gold medal from the 1936 um, Berlin Olympics sold. Um, that was for $1.46 million. So they can get up there. They can. It's good to know that the athletes walk away with a medal and also a paycheck Then Claire. Yeah, they need it. I think they can't rely on that medal. <laughs> yeah, apparently not. Squeeze the day, Claire. Given we just mentioned Jesse Owens, it would be rude not to acknowledge the anniversary of the American sprinter winning gold in the 100-metre sprint. He did that in just 10.3 seconds at the Berlin Olympics in 1936. That was certainly a big moment and interesting to see the times these days. I know probably those in the know would say that that they're much quicker these days, but 10.3 doesn't seem that far off 10 seconds, which no. is kind of uh, where Rowan Browning was running uh, on the weekend. Uh, for me, what I'm looking out for, a couple of big games for the Aussies at the Olympics, the men's hockey semi-final that's on at 8 o'clock, that's against Germany. And at 10 o'clock, if you're still awake, I don't know that I will be. I'd really like to be um, Australia versus Argentina. That's in the quarterfinal for the basketball might have to catch the highlights in the morning then, Claire. <laughs> Ugh, it's so much better live, though. It is better live. And speaking of, at 6.50pm tonight, gymnast Simone Biles is set to return in the balance beam final. It's a little over a week after she stepped away to focus on her mental health. There's a lot on the Olympic schedule again today, so for more on what's coming up next and which Aussies to watch, stay listening at the end of the podcast for the Tokyo Sprint. That's all from us. We'll be back again tomorrow. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Aware Super. As one of Australia's largest profit for member super funds, they have a range of helpful tools, like their My Retirement Planner, which allows you to see how much you'll need for retirement and provides an easy to understand plan of how to get there. And better still, it's free for all. Read the PDS and TMD at aware.com.au.